starting a new series. Our metric is identity. Um, we're going to spend the next uh, seven weeks between now and Easter um, talking uh, about our metric of identity, um, knowing who we are in Christ and our place in the family of God. Um, this series will be uh, called I Am, and uh, our focus every week will be looking at an aspect of of Jesus' declaration, uh, particularly through the Gospel of John, where he says, I am this. But not just leave it there at a theological level, but to say, because Jesus declares, I am, that means then, I am. Um, If Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that means I am secure in Christ. And looking each week as, as we, we uh, unpack this. This morning's message is, I believe, going to be foundational for the next six weeks, so I'd like to set us up. Um, it is, I will let you know right up front, because about ten minutes into it, some of you might go, this sounds really familiar. Um, this is a reteaching uh, from uh, a message about two years ago. But I think it is so foundational and so key to us understanding identity. I think we need to hear this every every couple of years. I think sometimes we forget. And so I'm inviting you to jump into this uh, journey with me this morning. So we're going to set the stage. Jesus is going up to the Jordan River there. His cousin John the Baptist is uh, doing what he does, baptizing people. Um, Jesus walks up and, and decides that this is the moment where he will also be baptized. And we're going to start here at the, the baptism of Jesus and its implication for, for who I am, for who you are. And so in Matthew, we read this. It says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We know that as we jump into this this Lenten season, as we uh, begin the journey to our, our remembrance of Good Friday, um, which, uh, as you may or may not know, on Good Friday, we reset this entire room uh, and we do Stations of the Cross in here. And it's a fantastic time and, and a powerful, uh, tangible, hands-on journey um, from Jesus' last supper with his friends to his burial. And then just a couple days later on Sunday, we'll gather and we'll celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and we will celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, right? We'll celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We will celebrate... Wow, okay. I'm just going to sit down for a minute. (laughs) We will celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, right? That's, that's the foundation of our faith. That's the key moment, right? It's, it's, scripture says, if you 
believe with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, but, but like you, you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, but you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. It's not an either-or statement. It's a both-and. There's actually a critical component of the resurrection uh, to our salvation. And so we have to celebrate that, and so we will celebrate that. But we recognize through these 40 days, through Lent, that Jesus faced a lot of opposition. He faced a lot of hardship, and he came to a moment where he gave up his own life. And I fully believe those words that he heard from the Father at the moment of his baptism, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased, were the fuel that enabled him to endure all of those things. That statement from the Father settled Jesus' identity once and for all. And, and let me walk you through how. We like to use this formula for identity, um, and it looks like this. Identity right, equals acceptance plus affection plus affirmation. To walk securely in your identity, all three of these must be present. You must have full acceptance. If you do not feel accepted, and we talk about acceptance, that the word of the Father, this is my son, right? He's accepting Jesus, saying, this is my son. He's answering that longing that every human in our experience has of, who do I belong to? Some of us grow up in, in families or in communities, in environments where that gets settled for us really early on. We, we grow up and, and we have really good experiences and we emerge into adulthood going, I know who I am um, because the question of belonging was settled for me. But for many of us, myself included, that question of who do I belong to uh, can get kind of fuzzy and, and, and feel a very unsettled for us, right? Maybe, maybe your parents split when you were very young and you had a better relationship with one than the other. Maybe you grew up in a household with two, but it was you never felt like you ever really belonged. Or to who you belong. You always felt like the outsider, the outcast, the black sheep of the family. I'm going to tell you, uh, when, when Jesus hears these words, this is my son, um, I always like to think of like in Toy, Toy Story, when Woody lifts up his foot and there it says, Andy, this was, this was that moment where it just said, Father, like, this is who I belong to. And I believe there's a moment for each of us in our lives as we, we walk with Jesus throughout our lives where that moment comes where this becomes settled for us as well. Where we can lift up and, and look at the bottom of our shoe and 
it is stamped and marked there to whom we belong. And so, his acceptance is made secure. He knows to whom he belongs. He gets the affection of the Father, whom I love. Answers this question that we all have, every human in history has had. Am I secure? Am I secure? Am I, am I loved for who I am, or am I going to have to earn love of the people who are supposed to just freely be giving it to me? Does love become a game? In which I feel like I have it at one moment, and, and it's taken away from me at the next. And we feel so, ins- we become insecure Because we don't have that love, maybe we don't hear somebody ever say that they love us. Some in generations before us, it would often be said of them, particularly particularly men. Oh, he shows us he loves us by working. That's just how he showed. He, I, kind of, I think he loves me. But I think he shows me because he works. No, no, no. If, if you want love to be secure, you have to hear it. You have to know that you know that you know that you're loved. And here Jesus, in his baptism, hears the voice of the Father say, I love you. You're mine, and I love you. He gets the acceptance and the affection, and then he gets the affirmation of the Father. With him, I am well pleased. And he answers this question that every human in existence ever has, has to wrestle with. It's that question of worth. Do you find me worthy? Do you find me worthy? Am I good enough for you? And some of us in our experiences, we've, we've been told from the moment we could walk how proud people are of us. But for some of us, it has been a constant barrage of criticism and negativity. And our sense of worth gets shaken. So here the Father tells Jesus, you are mine, I love you, and I'm really pleased with you. You belong to me, you're secure, I find you worthy. The Father speaks straight to Jesus in his humanity, to his need to belong. He anchors him securely in his love and settles any issue he might have of his worth. Remember, Jesus is fully God, but he's fully human, experiencing every human emotion. 
born of an older father and a young mother uh, in a scandalous whisper campaign of a relationship where people often question, whose son is this? Is he really Joseph's? Maybe it was like some of the other, the other rumors that maybe it was a Roman centurion who illegitimately fathered him. No. The father declares, he is mine. He is mine. The story Mary is telling is true. He belongs to me. Henri Nouwen uh, reminds us that Jesus came to announce to us that an identity that's based on success or popularity and power is a false identity. It's an illusion. Loudly and clearly, he says to us, you are not what the world makes you, but you are children of God. So that means that if it was true for Jesus, it is true for you. If he is the child of the Father, then you are the child of the Father. And I will get into that a little bit more in a minute. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about this thing that we call identity, okay? Um, identity can get really confusing, especially in these, this time and these days that we live in. Identity is kind of a hot topic issue. Um, I want to try to bring some clarity to how I believe we're to approach identity. See, my, my identity is not primarily found in my relationship with others. My identity is not primarily found in my work. My identity is not primarily found in my hobbies, nor my sexuality, or my gender, or my ethnicity. These are what we would call secondary identities. Too often, we take these secondary identities, um, we bring them before God in his presence, and we say, God, this is who I am. And we inform him of who we are. And then we go into every other area of our lives, every arena that we find ourselves in, and we lead with a secondary identity. And we get in trouble a lot of times when we make secondary identity our primary identity. Um, Let me show you a bit of what I mean. Um, We have that there. Indy stands for independent. It wouldn't fit in the circle. Um... (laughs) I <laughs> just want to let you know that, because I'm not from Indianapolis. I am from Philadelphia, and I will make that, well, around Philly. Um, so if, if you take a look at this, a lot of this is how we go through life, and you can plug any one of those things to the middle. Um, I chose, given that we are in primary season, to say if my central identity is my political affiliation, for me, I am a registered independent. I am beholden to no party. 
Um, but if my central identity is my political affiliation, that central identity then informs everything else that I've made secondary, including who I am in Christ. That means my political choices are the primary source of influence in how I interact with my wife and my children, with my congregation, um, with other fans. That's how we spell fan uh, in, in when, we're, when you root for a Philadelphia team with a PH, not an F. Um, that's free. Um, <laughs> P-H-R-E. Um, how, who I choose to interact with and a lot of times, how I will worship God and on what terms. And you can plug any one of those. And these are, these are mine. You can have your own. Um, and you do have your own secondary identities. But this is not who we were created to be. It's not how God made us. There's only one primary identity for every single person that walks on the face of this earth. And it is simply this, that I am a child of God. John 1, 12 to 13 says, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become who? Children of God. Children born not of blood, nor of the desire or the will of man, but born of God. Every man, woman, child. The desire, the heart of the Father, is that your primary identity would be nothing else but that you are a child of God. And from that would then inform every other area of your life as you walk out as sons and daughters. Let me show you. Oh, it's there. Okay. There. That how I husband and father, how I interact with my congregation, how, how I react when the Eagles lose on a Sunday, <laughs> and my friendships and who I welcome into my life, and how I choose to interact as a citizen of the country in which I find myself are primarily informed by my sonship and nothing else. That I operate in every arena as a child of God. This and this alone, Jesus as my model, can carry me through the opposition and the hardship and the sacrifice of this life on earth. you close your eyes for a minute? A minute, because anything more than that, and I'm going to lose you. Imagine what it would look like if you lived this way. With all the acceptance and the affection and the affirmation of the Father with your sense of belonging and security and worth settled, 
before you, how would it change how you interact with the world around you? I believe it would be significant. I believe we'd see real change, real transformation. Can't want you to open your eyes, because or nudge the person next to you. Now I might have gone more than a minute. There you go. Brennan Manning, uh, who's one of my favorite writers, challenges us this way. He says, define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Any other identity is an illusion. If you know anything about Brennan's story, he was a Catholic priest for a number of years who, who uh, succumbed to his deep uh, alcohol abuse and alcoholism. And through uh, the series of events in his lives, life came to an intimate encounter with Jesus um, and has written many books that help uh, us connect back to the heart of the Father and, and reveal identity to us. And... Um, any other identity is an illusion. Uh, or we can, we can take the word of 21st century theologian Elastigirl, um, in that your identity is your most valuable possession. Protect it. You protect it by coming back to, coming back to God's presence again and again coming into that place of intimacy and the Father's presence and having him remind you who you are. Every identity issue we face as human beings, I believe, can be directly tied back to the level of intimacy that we have with God. The farther away we get from that place of intimacy, when we close off allowing his voice, his word to speak uh, our true selves to us, the farther away we get, then we will begin to believe whatever others or whatever even we, we, my, my, me, myself, would say about who I am. But it is his word that is truth. Amen on that, right? His word is truth. So one thought I want to leave us with, and then we're going to spend some time praying this morning, is this. A God-informed identity flows out of intimacy with the Father. When our identity is secure, we can withstand any opposition that comes our way. Jesus carried the word of identity spoken by the Father. After that baptism thing, he goes straight into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan for 40 days. Where Satan immediately tries to steal it away from him and saying, hey, if you are the Son of God, then prove it this way. Throw yourself off this cliff. Even tries to get him to give up his own life. See, 
the more time I spend in the Father's presence, the more secure I am as his child. Confusion and doubt set in when I am apart from him. And so how has the enemy of your soul robbed you of your identity as a child of God? How has he lied to you? What has he told you? What are the things that you've believed about yourself that have been spoken over you by others or that you have spoken over yourself? And I want to remind you today that there's good news. That you do not have to walk with that. You do not have to live a life trapped in the cycle of having your secondary identity inform all the other areas of life where you just feel like, I don't know who I am. And as every new moment of life comes up, that replaces the last one, and it starts everything all over again. A new job comes, and you take that on, it informs everything else. A new relationship comes, and it takes that center place in your life, and it informs everything else, and you know And I know that the ebbs and flow of life brings too much change for us to constantly be shifting our identity and and the primary identity that, that we set up. It does. There's one that you have, and that is you are a child of God. You are a daughter. You are a son. You belong to him. You're secure in him. Find you worthy. And no matter what happens in life, would you be able to lift up your feet like Woody on those days where he's running, where he's confused, where he doubts to whom he belongs? Would you see the words of the Father written there, that you belong to him? I do invite you to, to, to pray with me this morning. Just, we're all going to stand together, because I think that this is something that we all need from time to time to reset on. Whether this is new teaching for you, or this is something that you've um, heard before, you've walked in before, hey, today is a different day than yesterday, Right? A whole lot of life can happen in 24 hours, and it can shake us up. And so we're, we're going to do this together out loud and make a declaration together. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Nice and loud. Here we go. Today, I declare that I am accepted by the Father. He calls me his child, and I belong to him. I have his affection. He loves me, and I am secure. I am affirmed by him. He is well pleased with me, and I am of great worth to him. Let that sit. Read that one over. 
Take a picture of it in your phone, print it out, and put it in the visor of your car. Let it be a daily reminder. This is who you are, and this is what you possess. Because you're his child. You ready for this part? You want to grab hold of this? All right. I will walk from this day forward with this as my primary identity. I am a child of God. Declare that out again. I am a child of God. One more time. I am a child of God. You are. Amen and amen. This is who you are. Thank you.